WNYC Studios is supported by Zuckerman Spader. Through nearly five decades of taking on high-stakes legal matters, Zuckerman Spader is recognized nationally as a premier litigation and investigations firm. Their lawyers routinely represent individuals, organizations, and law firms in business disputes, government, and internal investigations, and at trial. When the lawyer you choose matters most. Online at Zuckerman.com. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org slash podcast. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're li- listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. Shorts! <laughs> From WNYC. And NPR. Hey, I'm Jad Abumrad. I'm Robert Krulwich. This is Radio Lab, the podcast. Yep. And today we thought we would. We would tell a lie. Right. That's what we're going to. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to. You know what? I think we should get on with it. Yes. This one comes <laughs> to us from our producer, Lulu Miller. All right. So I'm going to tell you a story. Takes place in Germany. Guten Tag. At an old folks' home. Hello. And that's not where we are right now, but um, we brought two of the people who work at the home into a studio. We have to close the door. Otherwise yeah, it sounds like we're... you're having a party over there. <laughs> so the story really belongs to this guy, <coughs> Richard Neureiter. He's the director of the home, which is called Benrath Senior Center. In Düsseldorf. But we've also brought Regine in. Regina Hau. Who also works at the home. And speaks more English. I just help Mr. Neureiter translate. Shall we do it like this? Yeah. Okay. So, <coughs> Mr. Neureiter has a problem. Um, yeah. Hauptproblem war, dass viele Leute das Haus verlassen. It's a problem most nursing homes face. Demente Menschen das Haus verlassen. Which is that uh, many people who develop dementia or Alzheimer, they'll become disoriented. And confused and suddenly think, where am I? And where am I? This is not my world and I have to go back to my house. My children are waiting for me. And, and usually, you know, nurses will intercept them. Relax, you are living here. But occasionally, people somehow slip out the front door. Yeah, escapes, they happen. And then they wander. They had one woman make it onto a bus. And she escaped about how many kilometers out of She eventually made it to a town about 20 miles away. Yeah. They've had people turn up at grocery stores, wandering in the forest. They've even had people make it all the way back to their old houses and find new people living there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the people who work at the home, says Regine. You, you get crazy not knowing where is the person and where did she go. Test, test, test. This is something we all know about. You, do you guys know I'm working on this story about the, the Alzheimer's? Yes. And while yeah. reporting this piece, so I was checking in with my parents about some stories like this that happened to my grandpa. Well. Well. And they told me one I'd never heard. One morning. This was in February. Yes, this was on a very, very, very frigid, cold morning. My grandpa got up. Five in the morning. Yeah. Left the house and walked to the train station. He probably got the earliest tea. Took it all the way out to Cambridge because he thought he had to teach a class at Harvard. Harvard. Did he used to teach at Harvard? No, but he'd given lectures there. So anyway, 
It's pitch um, dark, early in the morning, frigid Boston weather. And he was only in his long underwear with his coat and hat and scarf on over that. He didn't even have shoes on. He was just wearing his slippers. He was picked up by the police because he was, you know... Um, Hypothermic. He, yeah. He was hypothermic. He was hypothermic. I mean, his when they brought him into the hospital, he his temperature his... was too low. Down. I did not know that. It was the moment when I knew that, um, you know, that everything was going to have to change, that he would have to move into a, a place that had a floor for people who were suffering. A locked floor. That's what it meant. So... That essentially is the problem. Some people have to to be locked in. Which just feels cruel. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. It is. And then, in walks a fellow named Mr. Goobel. No, no, no. <laughs> Goobel. Not Goobel. Goobel sounds really awful. Oh, really? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Try to make it more like Goobel. Goobel. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Goober. No, no, Goober. Goober. No. Okay, we'll just like we'll just use you saying it. We'll just you're Mr. Mr. Goober. Okay, so Mr. Goober was an older gentleman. He sat on an advisory board at the senior center, and one day he came up with this idea. That's Richard Norreiter again. And it's one of these ideas that's so out there and yet so simple that you think it just couldn't possibly work. When Mr. Goebel came into the office of Richard and presented his idea, Richard was just laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He thought it very funny. What a funny idea. Well, what is it already? What's the idea? Well, Mr. Google thought that right in front of the home, they should build a bus stop. A bus stop. What? Build a bus stop? I don't understand. What, what would that do? Well, think about what a bus stop is. When you see a bus stop, it's uh, the first step into the wide world. From a little bus stop, you get uh, anywhere. Yeah. Regine says that in a lot of these wandering cases, the first place people often head is to a bus stop. Ah. And so back to our friend Mr. Goobel. He thought what they should do is build a bus stop right in front of the home that has just one crucially odd feature. There's no bus coming. No bus? Never. It's a bus stop to nowhere. So his thought was, it would be a way of catching people who happened to wander. They'd see the bus stop, go and sit on it, waiting for a bus that would never come. And then eventually a staff member could see them and bring them back. So while Richard's first thought was, this is ridiculous. Second thought was, maybe not that bad. So they bolted in a bench. Made of iron. Put up a sign. In yellow and green. Just like every government-issued bus stop. And when you get out of the home, you see it immediately. And the staff? Say Richard and Regine just thought this was a stupid idea. It's not appropriate or it's uh, even cynical. And most of all, that it probably just wouldn't work. Um, Yeah. 
And at first, it looked like they were right. One by one. The neighbors, you know, normal people, they said, oh, new bus stop. <laughs> and they waited there for the bus. Oh, no. <laughs> and so one by one, Richard would have to run out and explain. not for you. So there was this period of adjustment. Yeah. And then one day, an old lady, an actual patient from the home, started having an episode. She was very troubled. Uh, In her mind, she, she was a little girl, and she needed to get home to her parents. My mother waits for me. I have to go home, home, home very quick. The nurses talk to her and try to calm her down, but she began to cry. So they thought, well, let's just let her walk out. It was fall. It was rather cold. So she went to the bus stop in her coat, in her uh, head, and she sat there very patient, and she waited for the bus. In the fresh air, sun shining. And eventually a nurse came over and sat with her. And they waited together, side by side. And eventually, she forgot why she was there. The nurse said, we go in and have a cup of tea together. And then she came back and everything was fine. She was relaxed. She was in the present time, not longer in the past time. It's been two years since the bench first went up. And Richard and Regine say they use it all the time. Every couple of days. Sometimes the nurses will take someone who's upset and wants to go home. The nurses say, let's go to the bus stop. Let's see what we will do and how we plan the day. And or sometimes the nurses, they don't see that somebody escapes. And they say, oh, where is Mrs. Smith? And then they look out of the oh, she's waiting for the bus, <laughs> yeah. and then somebody goes there. But one thing is always the same. When the people get to the bus stop, the mood is very dark. I'm feeling so lonely. I want mm. to go home. And also urgent. My parents wait for me. My children wait for me. I have to go there quick, quick, quick. But then... After a while... As they're sitting there thinking their escape is on the way, that urgent feeling disappears. Do, do you know why, or, or can, I guess, can you describe it disappearing? Like, does it go away slowly or suddenly? Wie vergessen die dann so Sachen? Geht das dann so oder so? Man muss unterscheiden, welche Stadien der Demenz yeah, die Menschen yeah. haben. Es geht ja nicht bei allen okay. gleich. Menschen, uh, Richard so says, it's like another thought comes up and then you forget what you wanted. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, fishes coming up to the surface of the water and then going down again and disappearing. Hmm. Thoughts come up and they disappear. And you don't know that they have ever been there. Oh. Yeah. You forget. <laughs> Which is, it's interesting. It's the forgetting is both the problem and the solution. Yeah. But Lulu, I mean, isn't this maybe a little bit cruel? 
because it is a lie that's happening here. I mean, they are lying to these people. Well, sure, it's definitely a lie. There's no way around that. But what's the alternative? I mean, take that woman at the bus stop. What are you supposed to say to her? I know that you're utterly convinced of this, but actually you're not a little girl. You live in a nursing home. As you can imagine, these kinds of conversations don't go well. No. They say sometimes they have to restrain the people. uh, Hold them back, call the police. They don't accept it because it's not their world. It's too completely different world. And so they say, why not just allow that other world to be true for just a beat and then gently coax them back? That's the aim of the whole thing, to lead those memories very gently into this now, this today. And this idea has sort of spread at the nursing home. It changed the atmosphere in the home. Now they try to do this sort of time shifting Um, in all different ways. Sounds a little bit complicated, but it isn't. Like, for example, they had this guy who's a baker who always used to want to get up at two o'clock in the morning. And they used to say, no, you know, go back to bed. bed. We're, We're working. Yeah. But now they just say, okay. And they let him get up every day (laughs) at two o'clock. They take him to the kitchen and let him bake. And uh, then he says, well, I'm always in time and I'm proud. I never miss an hour of my work. (laughs) And the interesting part for me is that I think about my grandpa wandering through the cold in his slippers. And here's this way in which people can be somewhat lost in their memories and yet exist in the present. Safely. Safely. That's our producer, Lulu Miller, (laughs) with the music choice. If you want to know anything more about the Benrath Senior Center in Dusseldorf, Germany, check our website, radiolab.org. I'm Jad Abumrad. I'm Robert Krolwich. Thanks for listening. Message two. This is Bob Silkberry, a Radio Lab listener from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. The Radio Lab podcast is funded in part by the National Science Foundation and the Sloan Foundation. Hi. End of message. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org slash podcast.